So Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. <clears throat> if you don't have a Bible, it's going to be behind me. All right, it says the following. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. I love this, this claim right here, this command right here. It's a command by Paul. Keep watch on yourself, lest you be tempted. In our text for tonight, Paul is addressing some serious realities that we need to think about tonight. Like we have those people around us, maybe we are these people, that are hip deep in concrete. And what we mean by concrete, we're talking about sin, stuck in it can't get out of it. They're in the mud and, and they're hip deep in this mud and we want to rescue them. We want to help them. We want to bring them and drag them back out of that mud into a place that is on a firm foundation. We want to do those things, but Paul addresses us about this. He tells us how this person can be restored, how they can be rescued, and how they can be influenced in the proper way out of a place of destruction and into the place headed towards Jesus, he tells us that is a possibility. But he also mentions that if we don't follow the Bible's commands on the way in which that might be done, then instead of us influencing them in a positive way, guess what? They influence us. They drag us down. They bring us away from who God's called us to be. They cause us to walk away from what God has brought you to. They cause us to to taste and see that the Lord is good and then turn our back on it. So what I'm trying to say is, yes, there is influence that is positive and that can bring this person out of this mud and into a place of walking with Jesus. But there's also a reality. And that reality is, is if we don't follow what the Bible commands in which how we should do this, then guess what? They might be the ones influencing us. And they might drag us down. They might bring us to where they are. You see, we all are being influenced by something or by someone, or we are all influencing someone. There, there's just always this, this reciprocation of influence going on between people, and that's the truth. It can be positive. It can be negative. It can be both. Right? I think we're all honest with ourselves. We can say, I have both positive and negative influences in my life. And I think if we're all real with each other, we can say, I have been both positive and negative influences in other people's lives. I think that's a reality we can all say is true. We see it all around. It's things trying to influence us. You go to a gas pump, you see they have televisions in them now, right? Or little iPad screens. And you go to pump your gas, and they're telling you about the newest, hottest movie you need to watch, and it influences you to watch that movie. The other day, they were telling me how to pronounce a new word. Have y'all seen that? They're like vocabulary at the gas pump. Crazy. All right. But other things, it's not just there. There's other things. Social media influences us. We hop on there. We start, we want to buy new things. We want to dress differently. We want to act like someone we're not. Because why? Because we are influenced by these things. The people that we call friends, they constantly influence us. And sometimes we don't even know it. Look, I'm, when I'm around my uncle and my cousin, I, I find myself like acting like they do. And I'm like, what am I doing? Why, why am I acting this way? And I'm not saying it's necessarily a negative thing, but I, I catch myself and I'm like, why am I acting like my cousin and my uncle 
when I'm around them, the reality is, is the atmosphere that we're in alters who we are. It influences us. It changes us. What about the things that we are influencing? Hopefully you're studying and influencing your grades, right? What about when you're in your car and you're driving, if you can drive legally, and you turn your wheel, you're influencing the direction that you're going, or you, you press on the accelerator, you're influencing the speed in which you are driving. What about the things we're influencing? What about the friends that are the people that we influence? About the, the friends we come in contact with or the people that we brush shoulders with? How are we influencing them? Maybe sometimes it's not in a good way. Maybe we influence people in a bad way. Maybe we influence people in, and next thing you know that our speech causes them to feel degraded or, 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 or downtrodden or maybe even, by God, depressed. You see, we have an influence on people just like people have an influence on us. And sometimes the people in which we wouldn't even call friends are influenced by our actions in a, in a way that causes them to take a different direction in their day and in their life. And, but I promise you, it's definitely an influence. Maybe we've persuaded them to not come to church and try this Jesus thing out. Because why would they do so when, when the thing that represents that lives such a life of hypocrisy? They talk about and they see these pictures where they, they post these pictures and they went to this and then they see them outside the church and they're just a different person. Why would they buy in to an influence? Like that. You see, friends, we are influencing and we are being influenced at all times. Sometimes the people that we've seen being negatively influenced, we want to try and rescue from that and save them from that. And these are the things that I want to talk about tonight. Being an influence, being influenced, and then what it means to see this person stuck in that and how we go about trying to bring them out. The first point I want to make is being influenced. Being influenced, like somebody is influencing me. Our text tonight says that keep watch on yourself, lest you be tempted. Lest you be tempted. I was reading an article in preparation for uh, tonight's message, and it was uh, an article by Cornell University, like this, like highly esteemed, like really, really. Uh, it's a Ivy League. That's a word I'm looking for. Ivy League school, right? And they put this article out, and I'm gonna kind of give you the gist of it. They said something along the lines of this. They said that if you were in the mall, statistically, if you were in the mall and you're walking in the mall and a stranger walks up to you and they ask you if they can borrow your phone because they need to make a call and theirs is dead, statistically speaking, most people, even if they didn't want to, would oblige and say yes. Right? Because they don't want to suffer the awkwardness of explaining why they don't want them to. Right. Sometimes we make decisions and do things even though we don't want to it because we're influenced by it to the point where we don't want to deal with the awkwardness of being different and saying no. You see, that's just an example of the type of things that influence us. I always make fun of Darren when we talk about influence and I make fun of Darren all the time. I love her. That's why I make fun of her. Right. And so. When she sometimes will come to me, and I think if we're being all serious, this is all our lives, right? She'll come to me and she'll like tell me about these things that she wants to get or buy. And I, and I always kind of respond in the same way. Which influencer on Instagram did you get advertised this by? 
she usually responds with something like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but it's cool. It's cool. Some of the stuff that she's seen and she's bought, and I'm going to get derailed and follow a rabbit trail, so I'm not going to do it, has been pretty cool. But the things that we look at and take part in, they influence us. It causes us to change and, 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 and alter our ways because, well, we like these things. They made an impact on us. And sometimes those are positive and sometimes those are negative. I want to read a proverb now real quick. Proverbs um, 1320 that goes along a lot with this. Proverbs 1320. Proverbs 1320 says this. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. Whoever, but the, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Whoever walks with the wise will become wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. All right? Let's just talk about it. If we walk with someone and are influenced by someone who is wise, guess what? That wisdom that they behold becomes something that I also have. I become wise. But if I'm doing nothing but walking and hanging and talking with the fool, guess what? If it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck and talks like a duck. It's a what? It's a duck. All right. So if I'm doing nothing but walking with fools, talking with fools, hanging with fools, snapping with fools, guess what I am? A fool. Guess what? I'm preaching to myself tonight too, friends. <laughs> if I hang out and do nothing but walk and talk with fools, guess what? The Bible is true, and the Bible is the word of God. It says that very clear that I am also a fool. New Testament, New Testament says something like this. The New Testament proclaims it like this, that bad uh, company corrupts good morals. Bad company corrupts good morals. So the, the, the declaration is someone had good morals, and they hung out with bad company. Therefore, their bad company ruined their good morals. It corrupted it. It changed it. They once believed this, but now they don't believe it. And the problem is they hung out with a fool. So therefore, they became a fool. They became a fool. You see, friends, if bad company corrupts good morals, what this really means is we're influenced, and we're influenced pretty easily. Look, I, uh, I want to say, like, man, not all things are meant to go together. Just because... And it's hard, but just because we've been friends with people for a while doesn't mean we're meant to be friends with them even more. That's what happens when you pour Diet Coke on Mentos. It explodes, <laughs> right? If you know something is toxic and going to change what God's trying to work in you, then why would you go and pour it over it? Why would we walk in it? And I say we. Why would we go? And do that. If the Bible is right, and it is, then we need to do something. We need to change things. And the fact is, is we cannot always change people, but we can always change our place. We cannot always change what people do and how they act and who they are, but we can change where we situate ourselves and where we put ourselves. We can change our place. If we've been walking with fools, Walk away from the fool. Or maybe do what Paul says and flee <laughs> from it. 
Run from it is what he means. Run, turn and run and walk away from it. Flee from it. If we want to, we can't restore a fool, right? If we're a fool ourselves. Change our places, change our habits. Do what our text says. Our text quick easily said here, keep watch on yourself. Maybe you should think about some things that I need to keep watch on myself tonight. Maybe I should write those things down. I need to keep watch on myself because I'm being influenced in this area and it's causing me to be a different person than God's called me to be. Look, I, uh, I want to give one more statistic real quick and then I'm going to move through this point because I kind of hung out here a little longer than I was expecting to. But this statistic, when I was looking at things about influence, it might hit home with people and, and I'm not trying to do things that harm you. I'm trying to bring you help. So please know that it's coming from a place to help statistics say that if a person grows up in a family where there is abuse where there's physical abuse between the parents that the person who experiences that and sees that is six times more likely of showing that same abuse to her spouse and his spouse and his children if that individual was not only seeing that abuse but was the victim of that abuse that statistic goes from six times more likely to 12 times more likely. What am I saying? The things that we surround ourselves make a deep impact in who we are. And if this right here hits home with you, and maybe you can't change the place you live, but you know what? You can change the people you surround yourself with. And you have 50, 60, 70 people up here that want to help lift you up and carry you through this hard times, but you've got to step out and come with us. We've all been influenced. Make sure that influence is coming from someone who's bringing positive things to our life, someone who is walking along with the Spirit, someone who is following God. The second point I want to make is that, yeah, first we, we have been, we're being influenced. What about being an influence? <laughs> what about being an influence? First Peter 2.12 says, Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Look, friends, we might not all be leaders in this ministry and doing things that are a places of leadership, but God calls all of us, if we're Christian, to be leaders. And guess what leaders have? Influence. If, if we are called by God and we are children of God, then we have a calling to be leaders in our homes, leaders in our schools, leaders in our churches, and leaders have influence. God places his spirit in us when he saves us. Why? To use us. By ourselves, we're not able to be used, but with his spirit, we can be used tremendously. He, he gives us the ability to bear the fruit of the spirit. Why? So we can make a positive impact on the people we have around us, that we can inspire them, we can influence them. You see, friends, we can't allow the influence of the world to, influ to alter our influence. We can't allow the influence of the world to alter our influence. We know that the world is dark. Guess what? God calls us to be the light. We know that the world is bland and dull. God calls us to be the salt. 
We know that the world is wrathful and hurtful and vicious and selfish. God calls us to show kindness, be forgiving, right? God calls us to show kindness, be forgiving, and to put others before ourselves. We are called to be an influence on on, on other people if we are, in fact, Christians. Now, let me ask you a practical question. How can we be this good influence instead of being the one being influenced negatively? The reality is, friends, if I'm going to be a positive influence leading other people to God, then I need to first be influenced by God. I cannot be an influence for people and influence to them to God if I'm not first influenced by God. Look, I can't pour anything from this empty cup, right? Layla, you want some water? I can't, I can't give her anything. I don't have anything to give her. I need to first have something to give before I can give it away. And if I'm going to influence other people, I need to have something to give them. I can't give anything when I don't have anything. I can't be who I need to be. I can't bring water to a dehydrated, desperate, desolate world who desperately needs water if I don't have any to bring them. So if I'm going to be an influence to other people, I need to first be influenced by God. And you know what? Our cup can only be filled up by the presence of God. Our cup can only be filled up by God's presence. Daily devotion in our lives that gives us this portion of God's spirit in our life. Our cup can only be filled up by who Jesus is. Talking to him. That means praying for him. Praying with him. Worshiping him. And I mean really worshiping him. Reading his word and seeing what he's told you. And guess what? The cup that was once dry and was never able to give anything, now runs over. What you once could not give anybody because you had nothing to give, now influences everybody because God has put his spirit in you. He's given you the opportunity and the ability to focus and influence on other people. The cup that was once empty has now been filled with his spirit. So if I'm going to influence other people, I need to first be influenced by God. I need to have daily devotion, read his word, pray with him and and talk to him and, and be accountable to people who are in leadership over me. I need to know who Jesus is. If we want rivers of living water to flow from us, friends, which that's what Jesus told the woman at the well, you know, if you knew what I had and you asked what I'd give you, and you'd have rivers of living water. If we want rivers of living water to flow from us and go to everybody that we meet, and they say, I don't know what it is about them, but they inspire me. Man, that person, they once was this way, but now they're a completely different person. If we want these rivers of living water to flow through us, we need to be connected to the water source. That source is God. I can never expect the things that I do and say to be presentable uh, before people as a representative of God if I'm not connected to the source itself. So, friends, we are called to be an influence if we are, in fact, Christians. Now, my question is, is, is are we trying to pour from an empty cup? 
Is our vessel empty? Is it dry? I've been so dry before, man, I thought it was going to just crack and fall apart. Anybody ever been that way? I've been that way. But guess what? He says he wants to, he wants, I don't, I don't want to use words that confuse me. He wants to fill you with his spirit fresh and anew every time we get in his presence. And then guess what? You have a full cup ready to pour, ready to give the people that are desperately needing it. The last point that I want to make, we've talked about what it means to be influenced. We talk about what it means to be an influence. The last point that I want to make is what does it mean to be this restorer or rescuer as as the, as the verse calls it, a res- somebody who restores. What does it mean? The text that we read today said, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. We mentioned earlier, we know people, we've seen people, we've been that person who's been influenced negatively, to the place that where they are like hip deep in concrete of their sin and they aren't moving and, and they are stuck. And guess what? We automatically assume and don't 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 be like, what are you trying to say? We automatically assume that God's calling us to go and grab them and bring them out. And maybe he is calling you. But I want us to read and, and see that the text is clear. That it's not as that simple. It's not that simple that anybody should go grab that person stuck in that sin who's who's waist deep in in the sin of their life and try to drag them out of it. It's not that simple. Right. We got to follow what the Bible tells us. And and Paul is pretty clear and he didn't say this to be rude. Paul was shepherding the people he was talking to. What I mean by that, he was their pastor. So he had the most utmost care and desire for these people in their hearts. He wasn't intentionally trying to be rude to them. He said this to guide them, to protect them, really. He said this so that way they wouldn't go and try to be this positive influence on somebody's life, and then that negative influence that they're trying to be a positive influence on affected them more than they were able to affect him. And guess what? Now you have two negative influences. Jesus talked about it in Matthew 13. It's not behind me, but I'm going to read it, so listen to me closely. <laughs> I kind of ran out of time to put it on a PowerPoint. Matthew 13, 5 and 6, and then 20 and 21 says the following. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Now, Jesus then explains this parable because his disciples are like, what do you mean? These roots and these soils and these plants, I don't get what you're saying. So Jesus is like, are you serious? All right, let me explain. So he explains what he means in verse 20 and 21. And he says this, as for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation and persecution arises on the account of the word, immediately he falls away. Friends, if we're new converts, if we're not mature Christians, if, if, and that's fine if we're not, man. We all go through that stage. If we're still, like the Bible might say in this illustration, we're, no, we're still drinking milk, we're not yet eating meat, maybe the decision is not 
to go and try to grab that person and pull them out of the mud. Maybe the decision is not. Maybe our soil is on this rocky ground at this point. Our roots need a little more time to get deep. And so the soil can get good. And then, and then we would be mature in our faith and God would call us to do these things. But if we're not, for new converts, then the thing we need to do is this. We need to spend time with God. Not, I'm not talking about coming here on Wednesday night and singing a couple of songs and listening to me. Although those things are really good. Keep doing that. I'm talking about spending time with God. Daily time with God, man. If I could just say one thing you need to do and you need to do consistently, you need to read your Bible. If you don't know where to read it and you don't have a Bible, come to me. I'll help you out with both of those. But if you don't have a consistent life or devotion or discipline with God, man, I say start there. Build that up. Dig those roots deep. Let the things that God's trying to produce in you produce. And when you become that mature Christian, when you become that person who God's trying to make you to be, he'll call you and he'll tell you to be the person that goes and rescues the people who are stuck. He wants to, dis- he wants to uh, disciple you. He wants to grow you. He wants you to be the person he's called you to be. And Paul wasn't being rude. Paul was being gentle. He was being caring. He was worried that the people might be influenced and it might affect them negatively. So he was trying to help them. I want to leave you tonight with reading a scripture that I think is is good for this moment. If you have your Bible and you want to turn with me, we're going to go to Psalms 1, just the very first one. It's very simple to find. I don't have it behind me. It's kind of a last moment thing, uh, so you might not be able to look at it. But if you have somebody near you, maybe you can look on their Bible. We share Bibles. Psalm 1. I started a new uh, daily reading plan. Uh, today, and it's to go through the Bible in a year, and uh, so so every day you read some Old Testament, New Testament, and a Psalm. And today, as I was reading my 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 scriptures, I read Psalm one, and um and I thought, man, how perfect am I reading this on the day that I'm talking what I'm talking about in youth group? It says this: Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Right? He didn't say he meditates every Wednesday. He meditates day and night. For this man, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaves do not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. It's very clear. It's very clear. Blessed is the man what who delights in the Lord, who meditates on the Lord. And that person, if, if they're are being influenced by God and God is changing them, man. 
They will be like a tree that's planted by the water. And when the when the drought comes, which means when the rain's not coming, guess what? You will remain fruitful. Friends, if you are distressed, if you are are going through a depressing moment in your faith right now, I just ask you to man, close your eyes and think about that, that it doesn't matter what comes your way. If you are connected to the vine, you will be fruitful. That doesn't mean everything's perfect. It means that you continue to serve a perfect God. But it's also clear here with the other person, the person that's being negatively influenced. He says, the wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. He means like chaff is like the hole that's left over from the wheat. And you throw it in the air and guess what? The wind catches it. What does it do? Takes it away. Man, let us not be like this person who's being negatively influenced to the point that we are being tossed over here and pulled over here. And we're changing friend groups every week and we're changing the way we style ourselves and we're changing the way that we do everything because we're being tossed to and here by any type of person. Let us be like the man who delights in the Lord, who meditates on the Lord, who's like a tree. What? Planted. <laughs> I love that. We're not tossed up in the air, blowing to and fro. We are planted. Our feet are planted on a firm foundation. That foundation is Jesus Christ. If you can, Will, with you, will you please close your eyes, bow your head. I want us to... Uh, I want us to just be honest with ourselves for a few minutes and I'm going to do it with you. Okay. You know, I'm not that type of person. It's like, raise your hand. If you raise your hand, then that means you're saved. Uh, being saved is a change of your heart. And I'm not even going to give that uh, opportunity tonight. If that's you and you've never been saved and you need to talk to somebody because God's calling you to do that, man, come talk to me tonight, right? Today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. But what I'm going to ask of you is, is if, if this is hitting you, man, and there has been people in your life that have been influencing you negatively. And you know right now, without a shadow of a doubt, you've had their name on your heart since the moment that I said it. And it wasn't me that put it there. It was the Holy Spirit. And you know that you need to separate yourself from that person or that friend group. And, and you're going to make a declaration that, man, I know it's going to be hard. But but I'm going to do what I need to do. To, to I can't change everybody, but I can change myself. I can change my places. And if there's some things you need to cut away tonight, there's some people you need to separate yourself from. And you want to make a declaration to God that you're going to put your effort into that. I want you to raise your hand with me. Amen. Hands all over the room. If we're honest, we all have someone in our life, if we're Christians, we all have someone in our life that has been a negative influence in our life and that we know, that we know has caused us to kind of slip back away from God. Timothy says that he does not give you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, strength, and a sound mind. Friends, he gives you the ability, the power, and the ability to be able to do what you need to do to walk in the way of the Lord. Now I ask, friends, commit yourself to it. Make the step. 
You won't be alone. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Lord, we can never be the influence that you call us to be if we are not first connected to you. And if there's anybody in here tonight that, that's never been had this like salvation experience where they've proclaimed that they have faith in Jesus and you're calling them to be influenced by you by the first time you're calling them into your life, Lord, I pray, Lord, that they might have the audacity to take that step and talk to, to me or Harper tonight, Lord. Talk to one of these leaders tonight. Help us, Jesus, to walk in the way of you. Help us, Jesus, to meditate on your word day and night. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. In your name we pray. Amen.